Hello there, Dunder Mifflinites, and welcome back to another episode of The Office ASMR, a podcast to fall asleep to, relax to, enjoy. It is my goal to help spread sleep. Tonight we're on episode one of season four, which comes out hot. This is Fun Run, and it was directed by Greg Daniels, aired September 27th, 2007, Wow, this is a very close record to air date, uh, which I guess will happen again. Well, we'll be in October next, and not October. I have to tell you, this has been, September has been the longest month of my life. Never have I ever felt so. Uh, the lyrics of the song, Wake Me Up When September Ends, have been so appropriate, but this is something that I always look forward to doing. It puts me in the mood to sleep. I feel good about it. I love revisiting the office. And so I think this is a nice time. And this is the reason, you know, back when COVID and the pandemic really hit, I didn't really have time. You know, I mentioned it maybe a couple of times in the podcast because this is now just a time to let the, the worries and the cares of the day and your week and your day job and if there's people you're taking care of in your life or you've got stuff to do in the morning, bedtime is a time to let it all float away. It can be handled another time. Right now, the best thing you can do for yourself, for your health, for your body, for your own mental health is just to relax and get a good night's sleep. Part of me is saying that for you, and part of it is saying it for me. I don't think I've ever looked or felt more emotional and physical stress in my entire life right? than, than this past, I don't know, three weeks. But that's, uh, that's what we do. It's like, uh, it's adulthood. Adulthood is... Or what's the quote? Is that uh, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans? It's like this is this is what you do. But getting rest, getting sleep, getting a good night's sleep is a life hack. Um, it'd be very easy for me to spend this week pulling all nighters and doing all kinds of crap. But I've learned that while those can be important on occasion, the best thing you can do is just get get a good night's sleep and so I think it's it's exciting that we're starting season four because as I've said many a times my memory is that this is the strongest season of the office I'm curious now to revisit it with this new lens and, and being very conscious that like, I can't really remember the storylines of season five. I can remember what happens in season four. You know, season five is, you know, the, the Jim and Pam are really in gear. And then season six is when they get married. And so um, I'm excited to, I'm really excited to revisit what is, in my memory, the best parts of The Office. And then on top of that, um, this first four episodes in this season are all supersized episodes because this was amidst a big writer strike if i remember correctly 
this is when there was a big writer strike and so not only was the office very popular but based on their shooting schedule they were able to put more episodes in i gotta i want to double check my my facts on that uh, before i spread any fake news and uh get myself in trouble here but from from what I remember from some stories, that's the reason. So these first few episodes, and and I know my last few episodes were really long because the season finale was an extended episode, and um, and I've I've had the feedback from you, from everybody out there that you like the longer episodes, and so it's exciting. And then you know we'll have. Let me see when we get back into the twenty minute. Uh, standard episodes. I think we'll have uh, one, two, three, four, four major ones, and then um, we will have. We'll go back to the to the fifth episode. Technically, the it's technically the ninth episode, but because one, two, three, four episodes are double, that accounts for eight, and so you know the ninth episode. We'll get back to the regular size stuff. But like, yeah, like, look, let me just run you down season four in some of the iconic episodes we're about to run into. Fun run, number one. I have I, I have the blue shirt. I love that shirt. The uh, Michael Scott's fun run for the AIDS and the Meredith Palmer Memorial. Um, Branch Wars, Survivor Man, The Deposition Dinner Party. Are you kidding me? Like right there. That's all in a row. 10, 11, 12, 13, all in a row. Incredible. The chair model episode, did I stutter? Job fair, maybe, and then goodbye, Toby. What, what a season. Holy cow. Okay, now, now I just gotta, like, fact, or not fact check myself, but let me just see, let me just do a quick refresh on what season five is here. We got baby shower, cry made, uh, business trip, surplus, the duel, Prince family paper, lecture circuit. Oh yeah, cause, okay. So Holly, Holly is here for, for like the first few episodes of season five. Blood drive. Yeah, I mean season five is strong. I wonder if it's a concentration thing. It's like there was, there's only so many episodes in season four. Oh, so season five is Michael Scott Paper Company, Cafe Disco, and then Company Picnic. Wow, season five is, oh my goodness. And then season six, you know, I really couldn't tell you what happens beyond uh, beyond the wedding. Which one is the wedding? Episode five of season six. And then we get into the baby, and then, yeah, see, I think, I think, okay, it's very interesting very interesting yeah talk about what a run of episodes i'm like i'm kind of blown away right now that those are all in a row because branch wars is super memorable okay so, so all right episode nine is a local ad which we all know dunder mifflin the people person's favorite people dunder mifflin and so it's like that's a good episode but then Branch Wars, amazing. The mustaches, the costumes, Dwight cutting his penis on a can, Survivor Man, incredible. 
like amazing episode the deposition name better like legal writing that that whole setup is incredible and then dinner party which for my money is one of the most iconic television single television episodes that's out there let alone uh, the office specifically and then you get some good stuff you get night out which is when we find out that you know ryan has a drug problem and then uh did i stutter did i stutter that line is iconic the episode eh. and then uh goodbye toby goodbye toby and the introduction of holly wow all right, I am looking forward to this. That being said, let's make sure your sleep timers are set. Oh, wait, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Ah, I found this to be extremely interesting. So, uh, one of your one of your great recommendations, of you know, this was now months ago, was uh, I was tweeted at the. Scrubs rewatch show was happening, which I'm not a hundred percent on the timeline. I feel like it was inspired by Office Ladies, and good for those, good for Zach and Donald because Hollywood shut down. I'm sure some of their their jobs dried up, and now they've got a hit podcast on their hands. Good for them. But anyway, I also love they're doing it way more than the Office Ladies. They're doing it way more frequently. They also, their relationship, you can tell the type of relationship that the entire cast had because they are like, Bill Lawrence is heavily involved, the showrunner and the creator. They're getting guests like constantly. And part of it, yeah, part of it's COVID. It's, e- it's easier than ever to get guests on. And, and uh, Jenna and Angela are having quite a few guests, but... I wonder why they can't just turn up the notch here. Come on, office ladies, get him, get him going. I mean, maybe they want to drag it out longer. I don't know. But um, one of the things that Bill Lawrence said, and you got to keep in mind that Scrubs was five years earlier than The Office. Scrubs was 2001 uh, when it premiered, and The Office premiered in 2005. So slightly different eras in television, but... I think you'll you'll see where I'm going here. One of the things that Bill Lawrence, the show creator, mentioned in an episode was this was also an era where their second season was getting 15 million viewers per episode, which is is higher than most sports these days. Like the viewership was so high because it was it was a golden era of network television. This was before you know AMC and HBO and all these premium channel started to really get their content uh, stuff together but he said your best viewers were likely only watching four episodes per season and so the way that you would write a show like Scrubs lends itself well to syndication because you have these mini arcs and you have this character development over all the episodes but unlike a show like Cheers or Friends or these other episodes is you would you'd be able to develop characters and then the streaming era completely flipped where 
your best audience was watching every single episode, and it was very rare that somebody that didn't like the show wouldn't get past the first couple episodes, and they certainly wouldn't jump into a particular episode. And as I listened to a lot more behind-the-scenes information on The Office, is The Office was right on the tipping point of the streaming era, which, yes, of course, but it was also close enough to it or deep enough in the model of this style of television where you do have complete character arcs and development and intra-season arcs, and that's what lends itself so well to streaming. I know Scrubs lends itself pretty well to streaming. I think it still has... It's still single camera. It still has that very network television comedy style to it. But I think that's also why it was so cutting edge at the time. And then The Office, for sure, is like perfectly made for streaming. You got the same cast of characters and you know their personalities, their interpersonal relationships. Like, and I, I just find that so interesting. And in, in these, you know, there's a few episodes that, or there's a few shows that really crossed over into the streaming world in that really good way. Breaking Bad is always cited. You know, they say that Breaking Bad would would not have completed the uh, the show or you know any of the arcs if it weren't for Netflix because people discovered it on Netflix and then watched it on TV. You know, Walking Dead was that way. But even you know Breaking Bad was. Ooh, I want to say that was 2007 or 2008. And so that was even closer to the streaming era when it was already starting. And so not that any of this is relevant to helping you fall asleep, but you know, I think this is just, these are the things I think about on a daily basis. And I think, oh, I'll mention that on the podcast. And then I sit down, I forget what I was going to say. And then I think, talk about something else. So par for the course here so let's get into the fun run technically these are two episodes uh but the show you know the show codes and the first here you know this is episode one and then we're going to go right to episode three because this is a two-parter um and we start off with michael having a bowl of cereal he's very happy He says, I didn't get the job in New York, but the real prize is domestic bliss. Jan made him breakfast as he eats cereal and says, hey, she bought the milk. It's soy. He walks into their bedroom. He says, this is why I do it. She's just passed out, face down on the bed. She probably won't be up for a few hours. He says, this is going to be a good year. Jan is at home. Jim is back. Ryan is at corporate. Yeah, don't forget, Ryan was on the phone with David Wallace. He And he hits Meredith with his car. And it's like, oh. You know what I never noticed? Is the building number is 1725. That's easy. I don't know why that is an easy number to remember. If I'm ever in an office trivia scenario, I will very easily be able to say the building number of Dunder Mifflin is 1725. 
I don't know why that was so prominent in that shot. I feel like you never get that direct of a shot of the front door and slightly above there. 1725. That's going to be my new pin number for many things. Good thing no one knows who I am. All right, now we have the IT guy who is a callback to a previous uh, episode, the IT episode. And Jim and Pam are standing at the desk and Pam reveals that she paid for a celebrity sex date. And Jim is saying, Karen and I broke up after the interview just because they were broken up. She wasn't going anywhere. They left in his romantic life. He's single now and looking. So if you know anybody with a little smirk, Pam is like, look, I went to dinner a few times, talked through his breakup. It's nice to be good friends again. And then Kevin says, Pam and Jim are totally hooking up. All they do is smile. They keep it a secret, right? And then Oscar, Oscar says there is no evidence of intimacy. And I think this is right there, right there is a great example of when you really start to see the, the wider cast getting bigger roles uh, is like that talking head, I feel like, did not happen previously. So Michael, Michael now comes in and says, ladies and gentlemen, I have some bad news. Meredith was hit by a car. It happened this morning in a parking lot. I took her to the hospital. The doctor tried to save her life. They did the best they could. She is going to be okay. Stanley says, what's wrong with you? Why would you say it like that? Michael says she has a slight pelvic fracture. People have survived far worse. Thank God you were there. And he's like, yeah, uh-huh. We can check the security tape, says Dwight. Good news, bad news there. I was there so quickly because I was in the car. And everybody's like figuring it out. Jim says he was driving. And his his face. Jim. Jim says, one day Michael was complaining about a speed bump on the highway. I wonder who he ran over then. Michael's like, yeah, it was just Meredith, thank God. Did you see the way they looked at me? Dwight says, why did you do it? Was she talking back? Sick of that face? Uh-oh. Is this downsizing? Michael gives an amazing look there. Pam goes back to accounting and says, hey, look, five bucks. We're all going to pitch in for flowers and we're going to visit her at lunch. Kevin's like, look, I bet Jim is going to throw in too. I bet you were. A very weird exchange. And yeah, Oscar's like, stop. Angela says, Sprinkles is sick. Thank you for asking. No one asks. 
give her her meds, pet her, who she ate lunch with. There's bad blood, jealousies, clicks with my cats. Pam says, you're in charge of the party planning committee. This is your job. I shouldn't even be planning this. Michael is talking to Ryan. He says, look, Ryan got promoted to corporate. Back here in Scranton, I am top dog in a fairly large pond. Who's, who's the real boss? The small fish in a large pond? Says Ryan, the dog or a fish? I need a treat for the gang. What well, if I ran down Meredith with my car? Did you do it on purpose? I was negligent. He says, did this happen on company property? Yes, with company property, so double jeopardy. We are fine. He says, I don't think you understand how jeopardy works. Right, I'm sorry. What is war five? What a great exchange. Ryan's like, you know, people keep calling me Wonder Kids. Whatever that means. I guess that makes sense. Wonder Kids. It's a weird word. Oh, and this is... Okay, so season four is when we really get into the Dwight and Angela relationship. Because right here, we get uh, an exchange where Angela wants Dwight to feed sprinkles. Angela is... He says... He says to Angela, check if she's faking, I will get workers comp. And Angela explains, need to give a diabetes shot, roll the insulin, an ACE inhibitor, put it in her dish. She won't see because of the cataracts, omega fatty acid, and give it to her 15 minutes after she eats. Like explains this whole thing, the fungal cream infection under her tail, and Dwight the whole time is like, oh my god, not into it. Michael comes back to the break room, everybody's hanging out back there, Jim, Pam, Kevin, Oscar, Phyllis, Stanley. He says, look, I want to take everybody's mind off this tragedy, and on to positive things, we should plant a tree. Pam says we're leaving at one. Freedom tree. Separate. Oh, Oscar's notice, noticing separate cars. Salespeople later. Hourly workers at lunch. Michael says, well, I'll go down at lunch. Good work, Pam. Yeah, Pam. Since I'm the boss, I will drive as well. Who wants shotgun? Everyone inside the car was fine. Stanley. Jim has a great, a great look to camera right there with his hands. Stanley, what are you doing? Michael says, yeah, I'm flawed. Sometimes I spend too much time volunteering. So sue me. No, don't sue me. That's the opposite of the point I'm trying to make. Now we're in the hospital carrying a bunch of balloons. Michael's like, look, I hate hospitals. They're associated with sickness. 
I don't know why. I There's some sort of association with scrubs on here. I don't know what that is. Uh, Meredith is like, is laying there. He's like, oh, you know, she's in a coma. No. And they wake her up. And she says, oh, wow. Everyone at the same time. And he tries to tie balloons onto her IV tube and pulls it out. And she's like, look, just shove it back in. Don't bother the nurse. And he says, I'm going to puke. Nurse is like, oh, give me that. All right. Kevin, Kevin collapsed. Oh, of note, Jim has his sleeves rolled up. Oh. Creed's like, what are they giving you? Vicodin, Oxycontin, Paladome? What are they giving you? Meredith says, hey, thanks for coming. I'll see you at the office. Kevin gets a fist bump. Michael says, look, you know what would be fun is if you forgave me in front of everybody. You know what they say in, in the Bible? Forgiveness next to godliness. And Angela says, no. This is the whole office. I don't think there's anybody missing. You have Phyllis. Oh, he climbs on top of her. And he says, do I need to be liked? No. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I don't have to be liked. But it's not that compulsive need. Like my need to be praised. Oh, that's right. Dwight's the only one that's not at the uh, hospital. Dwight says, hey, you left the TV on. And your cat is dead. What? Sparkles, the white one, is dead. That was a sick one, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. Nope. She look. How was she looking? Really dead. Like a dead cat. Don't be sad, okay? She's in a better place. Actually, the place he's in is the freezer because of the odor. This all happened like down in the lobby in front of the stairs and Dwight just walked upstairs. Now we get Angela crying with Pam talking to her and he's like, Michael says, look, she cracked her pelvis, a tiny little crack. Michael, Angela's cat died. Michael is like shocked. Sprinkles? He's like, Oh my god. Oh, he's like completely destroyed. I'm sorry, Angela. What a day. How could it get any worse? Computer computer crashes with a porn and then prinkles. God. Three things. Here's what's going on. 
It's obviously a curse. We need to do something about it. Michael, Michael says, I'm taking responsibility. I'm going to get rid of the curse that hit Meredith with my car. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. I love that line. One of my favorite lines. Michael says, now we're in a conference room meeting, and says, did anybody here do something with an Indian burial ground? Toby, anything you want to tell us? I did not violate an Indian burial ground. So now we're all in the conference room. Uh, we get, you know, the guys around the table. Oh, and Pam. Oh, and Toby won a free year of pies at a pizza place. And this is God in your infinite wisdom. She wasn't ready. She had more to accomplish. Dwight's like, she was only a cat. You don't like them. Cats do not provide milk, wool, or meat. Why is Daryl? Daryl's up here. Michael says, you need to go to the office. You need to go to the hospital and pay your respects, Dwight. He says, I do not respect her, but I will go. Now, he says, let's talk about your religious beliefs. Toby says, no, no, it's not appropriate. And then there's an exchange where he calls him the devil psych. Stanley, Catholic. They're all Presbyterian. Pam, too, same religion. Phyllis is a Lutheran, and Bob is a, what did she say? She said, keep, keep things spicy. Oh, and this is another great creed line. Have more fun as a follower, make more money as a leader. Kelly, a Buddhist, if you're going to reduce my identity to my religion, then I'm Sikh. But I also like hip-hop and NPR. And I'm restoring a 67 Corvette. One seek. And. Dwight says, I know when an animal is sick. The right thing to do is to put it out of its misery. The electricity we're keeping Meredith alive. We could power a fan for two days. Dwight says, pull blink once if you want me to pull the plug. Are you a doctor or a male nurse? Her chart doesn't indicate that she had a hysterectomy, but she did. Or he had time off for one. The doctor makes a bad joke. Meredith, the last time you had a, a shot was when you had uh, bitten by a bat. Then you were also bitten by a raccoon. Separate occasions. Back in the conference room. It's not even one of the more popular people that I hit with my car. If there was a God, then Ryan and I would be together, says Kelly. Maybe believing in God was a mistake. What are we here for? The sun? 
and then Michael wonders what animal can you make a sacrifice to, like a giant buffalo or a monster with a monster uh, body of a walrus with the head of a sea lion, the body of an egret with the head of a meerkat or just the head of a monkey with the antlers of a reindeer with the body of a porcupine what is going on? Jim says I'll do some research thank you and then so does Pam and they both head out Dwight said, all right, to be safe, they're giving her rabies vaccine. Michael says, I was in the hospital there. He says, this place is so cursed. Dwight said, it's lucky that she was in there, because it's good before the sickness sets in. Michael said, heads out. I know you guys were upset by endangering Meredith. It may make you feel better to know that before that happened, Dwight endangered her life by putting a garbage bag over her head. He's just like nodding. Yes. Turns out she's had rabies. Ten times worse than cracking your pelvis. Curse is broken. There is a god. Go home, get some rest. Very, very good work today. Got a lot accomplished. Is there a god? If not, what are all the churches for? And who is Jesus' dad? Pam heading out to her car. A shot there. Oh, and Kevin pops up in one of his cars. Kevin said, if they're not together now, they probably never will be. I thought they'd be good together. Like PB and J. Pam Beasley and Jim. Oh, what a waste. And there's like a spy shot of her, of Pam's car. Pulls over on the side. And Pam's like, look, it's no one's business who I'm dating. When I do fall in love, the last person I'm going to talk about it to is a camera crew. Or my co-workers. And the shot shows that Jim is hopping in the car. And gives a kiss. When I fall in love, you'll know, she says to the talking head. And then they pull away. And so that's like the end of the first episode, really. And then we start off Dunder Mifflin's Michael Scott Memorial Race for the Cure. Pro-Am Race for the Cure. They hung up. A woman shouldn't have to be hit by a car to know she has rabies. But that's where we are in America. That does not sit right with me. There's a fun run, 
space for the cure for rabies. To raise awareness that there is a cure, a disease has been largely eradicated, but not many people know that. Baby, Stanley's on the phone, babies would be a good idea, can I put you down for a dime? No sponsors for Stanley. Step it up. Jan called this morning, pledged $500. Andy, isn't that your money? That is for a good cause. Phyllis, how's the rabies quote? Kevin says, you cannot make me run. It is stupid, and I'm not going to do it. Michael says, I think you're afraid of people seeing your fat legs and shorts. Back in the olden times, a large fat person like this was a person of power. He had money, could buy food, respect. Whereas someone athletic and trim like myself was in the fields, and I was a peasant. Kevin says, I don't want to run. Michael says, you have to run, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. It is not olden times anymore. What, yeah, and like this whole exchange here, I'm petrified of nipple chasing, chafing. Sensitive nipples, they chafe, so they chafe more. I take precautions. He's taping up his nipples. Hey, Angela. And he says, hey, really sorry about your cat. She starts crying. Mrs. Sprinkles, she was my best friend. I kept her going through many ailments. I asked Dwight Trude to feed her once. She's now deceased. This is Halloween last year, just a couple of kittens out on the town. We got a shot of Pam smiling at Jim. And Angela getting her there. Angela says I'm having relationship problems. I thought... Angela says, I know this is crazy. Maybe Dwight killed my cat. When she got home, Sprinkles was in the freezer, but all my bags of frozen french fries had been clawed to shreds. The vet is doing an autopsy. Did Roy ever kill one of your cats? She says I'm more of a dog person. And Angela just shakes her head. There's a shot where the camera, this is an interesting one, doesn't happen a lot. The camera like comes in and looks at them and they both, you know, they're like, what? And then the next shot is they're both in the conference room and they're looking at footage of them getting in the car and they're like, oh, well, that's not, that was, uh, 
in there. Nowadays you can edit anything. This is I gave a ride home because we're dating. Wow. And the smile, like the smile is undeniable between them, both of them. Like Pam's smile, Jim's smile is going really great. Oh, and the next shot is Angela's walking past Dwight and just like clips him. Dwight's like, look, I was just the messenger. You'll feel better after the 5K. Exercise is good for depression. She says, I'm not depressed, I'm in grief. We raised $700. When did they put that on the giant check? The giant check costs $200. There's a print shop standing by. Michael says that's a tough <laughs> I don't think I ever caught that. But Michael says that's a tough decision. And Dwight's Dwight's face is like, what? Like, how is that a tough decision? I never caught that. That was so good. And then uh Dwight said Dwight thought that he was contributing to bad birth control. And Michael also went to doctor, but Pam says nobody, no doctor is going to come out for so little. Jim says, look, I know that there's a, a nurse you can hire by the hour. It's going to cost a couple hundred bucks. And then Dwight says, hey, we can skip the ceremony and set up a college fund for Meredith's son. 5K means five kilometers, not 5,000 miles. Knock, knock, come in. And he's, and he's putting his shorts on and they blur out that he's getting changed. Pam is like, he's dangling Percival. Come in. May I enter the room? Yes, or come in. He's wearing these like biker shorts and short shorts. Steve Carroll looks great. Like how old was he right here? He was 40, late 40s. European offices are naked all the time. My shirt tail covered most of it. It's the human body. What is your problem? Pam, you're an artist. Think of me as one of your models. What we need to think about today is not fair to rabies. That's the point. You know, looking at Michael's shirt here, I think I feel like my shirt is too dark. Pam says, look, if you're nervous around someone, picture them naked. I don't recommend them the strategy. Picture them with more coats. Oh, what an incredible episode. He, this is the shot where Jim is like, oh, is this a working office, not a French beach? 
Creed Bratton, 75 plus. He's going to be 82 November 1st. Look at me, I'm Toby. I'm stretching. We got Dwight and Andy warming up. Jan says, I, Pam, I heard you were peeping on Michael. I don't know what your deal is, but he's mine, okay? Hands off. Pam looks great in a visor. Oh, yeah, and there's, what, uh, what's the manager's name of the office park? He's in the wheelchair. He's in a racing wheelchair here. Says, Here's the face of rabies, and there's just a horrible shot of Meredith. On a big poster board. Myth. Three Americans die every year from rabies. Fact. Four Americans every year die from rabies. I can't tell who the other people are racing are. There's other people wearing the blue shirts. But then Stanley is just wearing like a Bahama shirt and a hat. And Kevin... Daryl, Daryl's like feeding a squirrel. He's like, I'm giving him a peanut. Look how happy he is. Where's the nurse? Oh, hey, I know you. Wow. Great, you went back and got your degree. This check for $340. Made out to science. Because the joke is that it's the stripper from the bachelor party. And so now we have Dwight feeding Michael Fettuccine Alfredo. Time to carbo load. Like sneaking in the back right before the race. It's not about winning, it's about finishing. It's set. He pants Toby. And then Dwight shoots a real gun, and everybody's like, whoa. And they all just kind of scurry out of the entrance. You got Daryl hitting on the nurse. Michael's bolting. And then you got Oscar, Creed, and Stanley all hop out of line and get into a taxi. Stanley says, yeah, I'll work out today. I'm going to avoid working out to a dumb cause. Andy's like, Look, I've walked two marathons. I can draft in a 5K. And there's a shot of him drafting Kevin. And Jim and Pam just kind of roll out in last place. And once they're out of eyesight, everybody, they hold hands. That's very sweet. Jan's there, does water, and Toby, like, throws it at her. Water, babe. Ravy causes fear of water. Solidarity. Rabies victims have to live with hatred of water their entire lives. 
the least I could do. And then, yeah, the first few shots, Andy's like, oh my god, my nipples are starting. And they all, there's no uh, family creed and Oscar all hanging out. Michael says the fettuccine is sitting in my stomach like a rock. Dwight says, look, I put ammonium into Toby's coffee before the race. Ammonium Rex likes. Toby's like, look, usually I have to take a bathroom break. Not today. What's ammonium? I gotta Google that later. Oh, an estate sale. Pam's like, look. Hmm. Hmm. Now we have a shot of Ryan calling the office. Says currently the staff is out doing the Michael Scott. Babies Awareness Pro-Am Fun Run for the Cure. And he hangs up. Michael is like burping Alfredo sauce. Oh my god. Oh, and then... Watch the nibbles, Kevin. Back off me. And then Dwight and Angela, you feeling better? Look at Angela go. Great form. I'm a farmer, Angela. What a farmer sees an animal that is in pain, no quality of life, no utility. A farmer does what city folk don't have the stomach to do. You did kill her. I sang her her favorite songs. It was beautiful, gentle, respectful. I fed her antihistamines until she fell asleep. Angela punches her. I'm robbing her. It's fine. I thought I was helping you. I took care of that cat the best way I knew how. She says you don't get to cat heaven if you're euthanized. I know a great taxidermist. He's not great, but he's pretty good. I don't know, Michael said something, I don't know what he said. I can bury her out in the field, my mother. Don't touch me, Dwight. Angela's very upset. Why, why do women run with ponytails? I feel like you could just do like a bun and it wouldn't flap everywhere. And they got a cool lamp at the yard sale, at the garage sale. Meredith and Bob are passing Michael, who is limping. Toby is bolting into the finish line. The winner is Toby Flunderson. Kelly's like, oh, I'll write it down. She's on her razor phone. Where are we? About five kilometers from the office? Couldn't have made a circle. And that's it. Lonely finish line. Michael's lips are like white. He's like, I'm not going to finish. I can't beat rabies. 
Nobody can beat rabies. And there's a shot of Andy with just blood red nipples. And all the guys get out of the taxi right at the finish line. And they, Jim and Pam walk up to Michael, break hands. Michael looks like crap. He says, I can't finish. I feel so weak. You're probably dehydrated. Glass of water? No. People all over the world with afflictions and diseases. They're deformed and they're abnormal. Illiterate and ugly. Public TV is bust. I can't do anything about it. There's just one of me. Rabies wins. Jim says, you are a downer. That's a good deal on the lamp, Pam. Michael, you don't have rabies. You're not going to get it soon. Michael's pretty much given up here, and Pam is helping. She says, look, there are better people out there helping. You don't think I can make a difference? I know you, Michael. I saw you naked. You don't know me, Pam. You've just seen my penis. I can't make a difference. I hit Meredith with my car. I owe it to her to finish this GD5K. It's funny because like he looked, his form was really good in the beginning, and yeah, he totally fell apart. And right now he's got these like uh, shaky legs. Oh, he's just limping, limping to the finish line. Finishing that 5K was the hardest thing I have ever had to do. I ate more fettuccine Alfredo, drank less water than I had in my entire life. Everybody's clapping him as he comes in. Human spirit. I had a triumph of the human body. And then he holds up the lamp. The trophy gives Jim a big hug. I eventually puke my guts out. I never puke my heart out. I'm very, very proud of that. Then there's a shot of Michael in the hospital. Hey, Meredith. You doing better? Jesus. I'm in because you hit me with your car. I heard you were trying hard. I'm not mad at you anymore. Thanks, Meredith. Michael's just hanging out with a lollipop, a red lollipop. He says, hey, you want some? Meredith's like, sure. And they share it. And then he looks at it and is like, meh. 
I'm good. Wait, who's the writer on that episode? Is it Mike Sure? Yes, star, co-star, casting, unit, uh, directors. Uh, oh, they don't have the. Uh, don't have the writer in there. I guess the producer. Let's see who is the producer. Uh, co-producer Jake Oss. James O. Carey, Justin Spitzer. Huh. You know, the app I used to use had all the names of the writers and everything. I thought that was really helpful and interesting, but it's, it's not as clear on some of that anymore. But uh, that is Fun Run. That is, uh, that's the episode. So the next one is technically episode three of the fourth season, Thunder Mifflin Finity. And we'll get into that next week. I hope you are rested, peaceful, sleepy, and I'll see you next week. This has been a great Scott production.